This is exactly right. It's me, Roz. I am so excited for a listener episode. It has been months. I have missed doing these. I'm so happy that I got to do this. And I, of course, I want to do more. So like always, please send me your ghost stories to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, listener episode or something like that. And uh, just give me a couple of little bullet points of what your stories are, and I'll look through them. And, you know, maybe I might not choose you this next time, but maybe I'll look at it later. Because, you know, I want to have, like, different kinds of stories every episode when I can. And uh, let's do it. I'd love to do it once a month, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't know, send me stories. Send them in, and we'll, we'll figure it out. I was joined today by Catherine martin and kelly and this is one of my favorite ones we've ever had these stories are stupendous so we're just going to get right into it go to patreon.com slash for a bonus episode and bonus little video of me this week check it out link in the description all right time for some listeners on with the show Hello, Catherine in Brooklyn, New York, New York, United States. How are you? Oh, my God, Roz. It is such a dream come true to be talking to you. Stop. You are an icon (gasps) in our household. Me, my husband, our rabbit, our cat all sit in and listen to you every week. Everyone gathers around, all the animals. It's like Snow White. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Um, Wow. Well, I am so honored. And uh, from what I read, from what you've sent me, there's also a ghost in your house. What is up with that? Okay, so um, we moved here. We've lived in this apartment for about five and a half years. And when we moved in, we were like, vibes are great. Vibes check out. Um, it's all good. But then we started noticing like, so so they painted our walls and the finish that they used in the paint is eggshells. So you can like see any marks on there and I started noticing in weird places like (laughs) greasy handprints on our walls and so okay so when you walk into our apartment the the you walk in and there's a hallway immediately to the left that goes to our bathroom and then there's like a little entryway and then the kitchen is off of that and so you can stand at the kitchen sink when you're doing dishes and you can kind of like see this just blank wall uh to your right and I started seeing this like woman of course in the typical stereotypical white dress but her hair was in a bun and she would like have her hands like folded in front of her and she would just kind of like emerge from the wall make sure I wasn't 
trashing her apartment, watch over things. Wait, she would just like come out of the wall. You would watch her come out of the wall. Yeah. (sighs) Well, so I couldn't look at her. It's that thing where you can't, I couldn't look at her full on. It would be out of the corner of my eye and I would just like be doing the dishes and I could see her kind of come out. And, and so I'm like, I'm always the one in in my marriage. I'm the one with much more active imagination. (laughs) So I told, I didn't say very much to my husband, but then he came to me and actually said, Hey, have you seen this woman coming out of the wall? And I'm like, what? And our cat would always go over to this wall and like to the wall like like they do because they can see everything. Um, so I don't know. So that happened pretty frequently the first year. But does that, that woman we, listen to my podcast? Very important. She does. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So I will tell you, I will tell you. So if I'm listening to you on my, on my laptop and I'm like carrying you with me from room to room, I can feel like when, when you do the EVPs or EV please, I can feel like it feels like somebody comes into the room to be like, I got to see if this shit is real. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if EVPs sound different to a ghost. They're like, oh my God, my voice sounds so terrible when I'm recorded. It's like quality control. They're seeing how well it actually worked. Yeah. Oh my God. Have you ever tried to do any kind of like ghost hunty stuff there? Have you ever tried to record her? Um, I've tried, but like stuff hasn't really ever come through. Like, I don't know. And I've tried some of those apps that are just, I don't know, they feel kind of silly. Um, but so we've had, we've had the handprints. So we named her ghost hand, um, And so as we've lived here throughout the years, like it kind of feels like, so our building was built in 1926 and it infrequently feels like we have somebody new just popping by to check in on their old apartment. Um, Like sometimes we'll wake up. Um, our bedroom is at like the very end. So it's, you know, entryway, then living room, then bedroom. And so sometimes we'll wake up to like noises in our living room and, um, our rabbit and our cat will be in our bedroom with us. So we'll have to like, be like, Hey, quiet out there. (laughs) Um, I have really strict rules of like, I, uh, don't want to be touched or woken up. Like don't wake me up. Um, for ghosts. These are my rules for the ghosts. Like, don't touch me. Don't wake me up. Um, and so one time I, I did wake up and it felt like someone was like kind of exploring in my room and it wasn't sleep paralysis. I wasn't afraid. I like slightly wiggled my toes to make sure it wasn't sleep paralysis. Um, and then all of a sudden, like our rabbit, his whole little station is in one corner of our bedroom. And I literally heard in my head, holy shit, they have a rabbit and like walking over there. I'm like, either I'm dreaming this or somebody's in here checking things out. Um, but our rabbit will, um, so 
this is not trying to turn into a podcast about rabbits, but um, <laughs> our rabbit, when rabbits get scared or annoyed, they'll thump their feet really loud. Um, and it's like to warn you of danger and stuff. So he'll like thump his feet if there's noises going on in the living room. Mm. Um, and one time I we woke up and our iPad had been uh completely turned off was like turned on at like 3 a.m. blaring music like this jazz station and I again because I have these rules I get really annoyed when I wake up so I stomped into the living room and turned off the iPad and glared around in the dark and I I was like it is not party time I love you just glare around in a circle. You're bound to make eye contact, whether you can see (laughs) her or not. Do you think it's just the one lady? So, okay. So we have also seen, uh, we named this, we named this other guy, Tom, uh, as in like a peeping Tom, because we'll be like space Tom. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That would be amazing if it were MySpace Tom. It's just a man that looks (laughs) over his shoulder and smiles. Yeah. In a white t-shirt, a white crew neck t-shirt. Yes. Yes. Um, No. So like we'll be in the bathroom, like getting undressed to take a shower and you can like see somebody like poke their head around and then like, oh shit, they saw me. And then like back out. Yes. I know. The the greasy hands are definitely his. I'm sorry. Oh, you're right. It has to. Uh, gross. Sorry, not to be lewd or anything, but the greasy hands are his. I know that for sure. Well, yeah, that wouldn't be. You're right, because that doesn't track with ghost hand. She's like making sure we're not messing up her apartment. <laughs> yeah, she's. Oh, no, she's not ghost. hand. Well, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, or maybe she just really loved curly fries or something. And her hands were Could greasy be. all the time. And, you know, she let she, she leaves a trail behind. Could be very well. Could be she. Um, I was a couple mornings ago. Actually, I was um playing the you know the oh, the like soul version of the um Golden Girls theme song. Oh, what's his name? Oh yeah, it's so it, it, it's like I don't know. It's it's kind of old, but um, it's this guy. His name is Aaron. I don't remember it, but you should look it up. It's amazing. In his video, he like ends it snatching his wig off. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, so yeah, 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 I know. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was playing that and singing along with it. And all of a sudden we heard this loud crashing in our bathroom. And I went in there and all of my shampoo bottles had been knocked off the shelves into the bathtub. Weird. Yeah. And not the bunny. Not the bunny. No. (laughs) Oh, it was the greasy hand peeping Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. T- I did have to tell them we're fans of the Golden Girls in this house, and if they weren't, then they could leave. <laughs> Whoa! So, how often would you say things happen? Um, it kind of comes and goes. So, as I feel like, as we're getting into spooky season, like there's been more like oh, I think I saw somebody out of the corner of my eye or um, uh, like also I've recently had where I've walked out of the bathroom down that hallway and I've seen and my husband was talking to me and he was watching me walk out of the hallway and we both saw this orb go past me 
And it was kind of like, someone was like, Oh, oh sorry. got to get right past you. Sorry. Like, <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs> like down the hallway. Yeah. Wow. So it doesn't seem yeah. like you guys are like, I mean, you've been there for, what'd you say? Five years. It's not like yeah. too bad. No, I mean, so I don't allow, I don't allow scary stuff. Um, I've had some vibes where it feels scary and it's felt like, um, somebody's there because they think I'm some like energetic buffet they're going to feast on, uh, (laughs) that they want to, you know, try to make me scared. And so I don't allow that crap. And I kick people out if I think they're being scared, they're trying to be scary or they're trying to be like poltergeisty or if I feel like, um, this is Roz, I'm a huge nerd, but, um, the author, Neil Gaiman, Mm -hmm. he wrote this book called the graveyard, the graveyard. Well, shit. What's it called? Uh, the graveyard book. And it's like the jungle book, but it's a kid raised in a graveyard by ghosts. And in the story, like the kid learns some of the ghost tricks. And one of them is raising the fear level in a room And I was like, you know, that feels real because, (laughs) because you can be like in a room when you feel like there's a ghost in there and you can feel like the fear level raising up. So I'm just, I just sit up and I'm like, stop it. I need to sleep. Oh, interesting. I don't know if it's for them or if it's just for me, you know, of me telling my brain to like, stop it and calm down. And, you know, you know, maybe I'm the one doing all these mind tricks on myself, but yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So you, it's like you figured it out. You figured out how to coexist and it does, it sounds like not that bad of a go, like it sounds, it sounds kind of amazing where you have all this activity, but you guys, you know, get along, you know, your boundaries for the most part, they respect them. It's It truly is like a roommate situation. A little bit. And, you know, it's funny because, like, you've mentioned on your show about, like, people in New York not really talking. Like, there are no ghosts in New York. But um, I think it's partially, like, a lot of these buildings are old. The walls are thin. You can like hear your neighbors walking around sometimes. So if you hear other noises, you might just be like, oh, that's my neighbor. And also like everyone is so, you're so like surrounded by people all the time that like the last thing you want to do is think that there's some embodied, like disembodied person also (laughs) living in your apartment with you. (laughs) Sure. Well, yeah, I'm sure that like, for example, if you lived out in the middle of nowhere all by yourself and you felt what feels like a human is in your room, that would be crazy. But if you're around people all the time and then you're like in your apartment and it feels like there's someone in the room, it might just be like, I've already done that. Like I've run around so many people today. I don't like, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't process it the same. Yeah. And I have talked to friends about like what we've experienced and a lot of them have said they felt the same things especially ones that live in older buildings of feeling like people are just popping in to check on their old apartment (laughs) so (laughs) creepy but yeah okay well but this is not the the first time you've lived in a haunted home no no so um 
So I did grow up in, so um, like most New Yorkers, I'm a transplant and I did grow up in Indiana in a very small town. And uh, I lived in a Victorian home from, let's see, we moved there when I was 10. um, And then I moved out shortly before I got married. But um, yeah, so we moved there from like a, like a, a more like a, a mid-century home that was like built out of stone. And then we moved into this Victorian home that has like original siding and original windows and the upstairs has the original floors. And um, so I was sharing a bedroom with my brother at the time. And then our baby brother was like in, there's this like little sitting room out outside of our bedroom and then my parents' bedroom. And my baby brother was like kind of there in a crib. And when we first moved in, it was kind of all the normal haunting things of like, you could hear somebody walking up the stairs or walking up the basement stairs. And then of course, nobody would be there. And then like, you could hear somebody walking around that like sitting room area upstairs. And, um, you know, like, there were lots of weird creaks and noises. And my mom was always just like, it's just an old house. You just have to get used to it. Like, it's just an old house. <laughs> um, but like weird things would happen where like, so I was 10, my brother, my next youngest brother was nine. And then my baby brother, he was like a toddler. And so me and my brother and then my mom all the time would fall down the stairs just like 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 fall down the stairs and so I remember like one time I was going down the stairs and I was like I'm gonna walk very carefully maybe I'm not used to living in a house with stairs (laughs) um and next thing I knew I was just like falling down the stairs um and so like that was happening and there was always kind of this feeling of like you were being watched um my brother and I would walk home from school because, uh, I'm old enough that it was still considered safe to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, we would hear, so the front door to the house was, um, right beneath our bedroom and we could hear somebody knocking on the front door, which was really weird because we had a doorbell. And so, um, nobody would ever be there. And it it was always at the same time after we got home from school at like, I don't know, like 3.15 or something. So we got to the point where like one of us would stay up in our bedroom window and the other one would go downstairs to check just to make sure that like in running downstairs, the person hadn't already walked away, but nobody was ever there. Um, What happened on those stairs? I don't know. So this is truly just the beginning. So my, my toddler that was in that sitting room would like suddenly start having a lot of nightmares and like waking up and pointing out through his crib saying that, and like talking about seeing red eyes. Yeah. Um, so then my brother and I, that were sharing bedroom, we got, we got older and my toddler brother was getting older. So he took our room and then we took, there's this, um, other room off of the, uh, dining room that, um, I guess was some other version of a sitting room. It like it, one of the walls that was to the dining room was open. And so they were like in the process of like putting in a, the wall and a door and that was going to be our bedroom. And, um, Roz, that room is just horrible. Like 
So when we first moved down there, we would hear like, um, the dining room table was like the male spots. So we could hear the mail being sifted through in the middle of the night and like hear people walking around and the dining room chairs kind of creaking and being moved. And then, um, we also would have, um, like simultaneous exploding head syndrome. Um, and we'd be woken up by it. And it would sound like someone had jumped from the second story down to like our level. And you could hear like all the like stuff on the first level, like shaking, like a big crash, like love, like this big crash, waking us both up from our sleep. Oh, that's not exploding head syndrome. That is something. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and it's kind of like the whole time this was happening. So, so when this stuff started happening, my parents who weren't religious, weren't religious, like went and had the house blessed. Um, and stuff kind of calmed down. You could still kind of feel like you were being watched, but like we stopped falling down the stairs. We stopped hearing footsteps coming up the stairs. We stopped hearing the knocking on the front door. Um, but then it's like, it just took a break. It's like, it just like clocked out and like then clocked back in. Like after it had rested, it came back stronger. <laughs> um, what kind of, yeah. Like, who so blessed it? This Lutheran priest where my, my mom and my stepdad got married, they weren't really a part of that church, but, um, because he had married them, he agreed to come and bless the house. Um, yeah, that ghost yeah, was just like, so, okay, that wore me out, but just wait, I'm just going to take a little nap and I will be rested and ready to go. 1000%. Like truly it was just like a little, just like a little break and it came back stronger. Um, by that time, like, you know, the wall for our bedroom had been finished and stuff. And so, um, and we were getting older and so things were happening like in our room while we were trying to sleep. Um, there's this like one part that is, um, supposed to be a corner, but it's actually diagonal because it's the backside of a fireplace in a different room. And you can just like feel like I've never ever felt so much hatred in my life being like projected towards me from that corner. And we would have like both, we would both have like horrible nightmares. Um, I would hear like, like someone like drumming their fingers, like on the wall next to my head. Mm. Um, and then I would, I would be, so I've always been a side sleeper and I would be like woken up by like feeling a hand yank me over onto my back and I could feel like the fingers in my shoulder. No. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. the history was? So, um I am a research queen. Okay, love and, that. And so I okay, okay. So, first of all, before I tell you about the history of this house, let me tell you the weird synchronicities. So, uh when we moved there, we inherited a bunch of like family antiques basically my mom got several photo albums and we were looking through them and my great great grandmother um my family didn't grow up in this town and at the time that my great great grandmother was alive it was a 
it was like a day trip. Like you take the train to this cute little country town, you know, and spend the day there. And then it's like a whole ass thing that people would do. And she is dressed up. She, she and her friends were, um, (laughs) dressing in drag actually as boys and in front of the next door neighbor's house. Oh my God. Yeah. And that how our house that we lived in during that time was like in the town known as like the party house. So that, and then my husband, um, he and I, we actually met in high school and because it's Indiana and everybody gets married at 12, we, (laughs) so, so we're high school sweethearts. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I found out that his aunt was a hospice nurse for these two sisters of the family that owned that house and took care of them in that house in the eighties as they were, as they were dying. And then my husband's mom would even go in and like visit them. Weird. Yeah. And then, um, this is just like a fun little, fun little side fact for me, but, um, I don't know if you heard about that, um, that vocal coach that was the vocal coach for Debbie Harry here in the city. And she recently passed oh, away. I did hear about that. Was yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. She got like pushed. Yes. Purposefully by a pedestrian. Yes. So she's actually from my tiny ass town in Indiana and her grandparents were the family that owned my house. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all of that. And so I looked, I started like trying to do as much research as possible and, you know, found out that like, you know, they, the land was, you know, stolen from the indigenous people around 1803. Um, the township was made sometime in the 1830s and I found a map. Um, so I thought that the original owners, um, were this German family, um, and that the house was built in 1885. But then I found a map um, from 1880 that was the same plot of land and the same, like it had the same structures for the house and the house was still there. Um, and it was owned by a Mr. W.C. Smith. Um, and I couldn't find any other information until I found this newspaper article from 1885. And all it said, it was one of those little like, gossip things that they used to do in the newspapers, like back in the Victorian era. Uh Um, And all it said was Mrs. W.C. Smith will be attending her daughter's funeral in Minnesota with her grandson. Mr. W.C. Smith will not be accompanying her due to his absence in the forests of Minnesota. And that was all it said. And then this German family moved in and they were the owners until the 80s, I guess. What does that mean? So basically, uh, Mr. Smith went hunting. Well, I'm assuming went hunting in the forests of Minnesota, got his got himself lost and never came back. And then when their daughter died, the wife just moved up to Minnesota and left the house. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, His ghost is somehow in the house. Well, that's what I've wondered if like, because it's always, this presence is also always felt male. Like I've talked to my brother about it. And then my baby brother is he's, you know, gotten older and we've all agreed like, okay, this, this has always felt male. It's always felt like a 
it's always felt like a bully is what it's felt like. Um, like, like at the same time that that like stuff that was happening to us when we were asleep during the day, like we'd be watching family, we'd be watching TV as a family and the channel, this was back in the days of cable. So the channel would change to like one of the non-input channels and it would be all staticky. And then the volume would turn all the way up all on its own. Okay. That's Mr. W.C. Smith. Right. And so, and then like the ceiling fans. So the ceilings are, you know, those high ass ceilings and the ceiling fans were on those extension poles and the ceiling fans would start swinging. Terrifying. Just a full on helicopter propeller on the loose. Yes. 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 So I, so one time during one of the TV episodes, I got really pissed because it felt like a bully. And so I got really pissed and I was like, stop it really loud. And it stopped after that. Um, but like, I don't know, things always just like have come and gone like that. Um, that's why you can deal with the ghosts in your Brooklyn apartment because, well, yeah, yeah. cause I was traumatized as a child. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Because I would not be able to put up with the greasy hands and the lady (laughs) out of the corner of my eye. Well, you know, I have to hop on another call. But I know, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. And I believe, don't you have even other stories to tell? I mean, I do. uh, Yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. That would be so lovely. You're literally a huge light in our lives, and we just love you. Ah, stop it. I am now joined by Martin in Los Angeles, California. How are you, Martin? I'm wonderful, Roz. How are you? I'm so good. Well, we just work together. I know you. We work together. You, um, I actually talked about it on the show. You are the reason that I got to talk to Chris Pine about ghosts because, (laughs) because you happen to be talking to Chris Pine about ghosts, which was very strange that, that, that came up because I wanted to talk to him about it, but I didn't want to bring it up. And then you spit on his lap like, uh, Harry Styles did. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) did you see that? He went viral. I wish. Like the next week. Uh, he was great, but then it turns out you've got some ghost stories. So I have one specific ghost story. Okay, and I, I think I think the way uh, the way I I talked to you about it was that I was never a huge believer in ghosts. Uh, I I've always been a believer that there are um, uh, uh, forces that somehow. Uh, communicate with you. I don't want to sound even more crystally, but anyway, um, I'm crystally. I'm not afraid of that. Well, th- well, the reason we got into the conversation with Chris Pine was that that I was talking about a time when I was like seven years old, and I w- and I was having a dream where I was choking on um, marshmallows, <laughs> and I woke up and I'm, my pillow was in my mouth, and I couldn't breathe, and I was panicking, and I kept sucking the pillow into my mouth more. <laughs> And and I was and I was I was basically dying, and uh, and I was just like tr- fighting and trying to get this pillow out of my mouth, and I couldn't do it. And uh, a voice, I heard a voice, and it said, "Let go. It'll be okay. Let go." And I thought in my head at seven years old, I was like, "Well, I guess I'm going to die now." 
And so I I stopped breathing. I went, I, bre- I breathed out and the pillow came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And so this voice kind of saved my life. So that's where, we're, that's where the thing started from. So I've always had like this sort of idea that there's, you know, forces or something out there, you know, that talks to you. Do but you, ghost was not like a real like thing. Like a guardian angel or what do you think that is? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess I would look at it that way. Or, you know, I don't know that I'm, quite that religious or anything i don't know that i uh, associate it with a religious thing but yeah a guardian of some sort so that's how we got into the conversation and then we got into the conversation about ghosts and i said i never really i never really believed because i never had like an experience with that kind of phenomena until i'm in chicago in 1994 with three of my friends and we uh had this swanky apartment in Boys Town in Chicago. And it was a four bedroom, three bath apartment. It was awesome. And uh, one of the rooms we had as a music room. And so one night, uh, you know, as we are artists, we do stupid things like sit around and sing songs on a piano and stuff like that. And so my friend Kirkland was playing a song that, uh, and I said, oh, that's a pretty song. And he's like, oh, I wrote this for my friend, Steven who died some years before 1994. So cut to, <laughs> uh, I think the first incident was Deborah, Daryl, and myself, the other roommates, were out on Halstead and we were going to get some pizza. So we called Kirkland and this was before cell phones. So I think I must have used, I don't know how I got a hold of him. Anyway, so we called him and um, I said, you know, you, want, you don't want to know your pizza, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, oh, who's with you? And I said, oh, it's me, Deborah, and Daryl. And he goes, all of you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, okay. And, I, and then we hung up. And then when we got home, I asked him, why did you say that? And he goes, well, because there was noise in here. And I just assumed it was one of y'all. Mm, or does somebody break in? No, he just thought he, he thought he heard somebody wrestling around in the house and and it was like the 13th floor of, the, of an apartment. There's no way anybody could get in there unless, I guess, Spider-Man. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that happened. And then um, then Kirkland, Kirkland was like, I can't find my checkbook. And uh, and we we're all like, well, we don't touch your checkbook. I don't even know where your checkbook is. Why would I know? You know, so he said, well, I don't know. He's like, well, I don't know. But, you know, I don't understand. So and then like a week later, he found it and it was in his medicine cabinet. Weird. And then, yeah. And uh, then uh, then all the stuff started with Kirkland. And then Kirkland went into the he came in my room one night. And he's like, uh, what, you know what, you guys, can you stop moving my coffee tree, my coffee, coffee mug tree? <laughs> Oh, like and one I of those time, things that you like hang coffee mugs on? Yes. Thank you. I didn't know what it was either at the time. I was like, coffee mug tree? I don't even know what the fuck a coffee mug tree is. Why, uh-huh. would I, why would I move it? So anyway, so he usually had it on the side of the sink and it would move to the other side. And none of us was moving it. So at so, what point then, did you guys go, okay, this might be a ghost? The When it became obvious to us that something was going on was when stuff started happening to all of us. 
like everything was centered around Kirkland and Kirkland was like, he's Kirkland's like the businessman type. He's, he, you know, so him, you know, my checkbook and my, is like, oh, okay, whatever. But, <laughs> but then the rest of us started having stuff happen. Like I was home uh, one night and I kept hearing someone's like, like someone, like this is a big apartment. So like if, if my roommate Deborah was on the other side of the apartment, so if she yelled my name, I would hear it kind of off in the distance. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be loud. You know what I mean? Uh So I kept hearing someone calling my name. And so I I went to her room and I'm like, what? She goes, what? She's like, why, why, what, what's going on? I'm like, why do you keep calling me? She goes, I haven't called you. So that happened. Would you say, could you tell if it was like a female voice or what? It It sounded to me like, it sounded to me like her. Oh my God. Like it sounded to like, sounded like Deborah. That's why I went to her room. I mean, we were the only two people home at the time, but you know, but it sounded like her. Uh, so that's why I went to her room. And she said, I was not yelling at you. Oh, great. Then one time I was home by myself. This was the weirdest thing that happened to me personally. I was in, so our uh, living room uh, where the TV was and uh, is on the opposite side of the apartment as well. So that's on my side of the apartment. And then there's a long galley walkway, like a, a gallery, like you would have, art there like I don't know how long it was maybe 25 feet it was a huge apartment anyway so so um and then at the other end was the kitchen and Deborah's room and the kitchen was a galley kitchen so um I was sitting there watching the tv which would make make the kitchen in my right peripheral vision and uh I was sitting there and I saw I saw some something something walk from the kitchen to the back door where all the garbage stuff was um for people to pick up and Mm -hmm. i looked over and then there was nothing there so i'm like okay that's fine it's just a little something and then i started watching tv again it happened again what and i was like okay i'm getting a little weirded out um then but i was like i walked down there nothing was there you know, you know how you do. Uh, <laughs> nothing was there. Everything was fine. So then I go back to the living room and I start watching television. And then I notice something, something's different over my right. It wasn't someone walking, but there was something different. So I turn and there's a light on. And I go to the kitchen and the refrigerator door is open. Stop it. I know, right? So I told, I told, I told, I told everybody, it's like, this is kind of weird. Has anybody else had weird shit happening to them? And my friend Daryl said, yeah, I was watching TV and the, and the refrigerator door was open. And I was like, that, that happened to me. That's and when then you my, don't pay the electric bill. Like a ghost can do that because there's no consequences. They're not going to be eating that food. Like that's exactly, that's an asshole. Well, I'm sorry. Exactly. Well, wait till I tell. Wait till I get to the end of this story because you're going to know why the refrigerator door was open. Okay. So um, then I talked to Deborah, and De- well, we were all talking together, and Deborah said, "Okay, I wasn't going to tell anybody because I thought this was too bizarre, and I didn't want anybody to think I was stupid." But she was home one night by herself in her room, and uh, writing or reading or something like that, and uh, she had this uh, music box that uh was real old and was broken and it started playing Mm, those are so creepy when they start playing 
And she just blew it off, I guess. I mean, she didn't blow it off, but she didn't tell us about it. So we're all like thinking like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why is this happening? And we were thinking and thinking and thinking. And we were just like, well, you know, this all kind of started around that night that we were, you know, singing music and stuff like that. And Kirkland played this song for his friend, Stephen. And uh, and he's like, and we were all like, you know, maybe it's Stephen. You know, maybe somehow we, we got him out here again. And we, then we started talking about, yeah. And then we started talking about like, you know, the things that were happening. And he was like, you know, he's like, Stephen would always move my shit. And I, like, I'd, I'd, I'd have some place that I kept my shit and he would move it somewhere else. And I w- wouldn't be able to find it. And then, uh, and he would always leave the refrigerator door. Like he'd sit there with the refrigerator door open, trying to think of what he wanted to eat. Oh my God. Instead of thinking about what he wanted before he opened the door. And we were all like, yeah, it's him. So we all decided that we were going to have, that we were going to uh, not sage, but we were going to go through all the whole house. And all of us were going to say, Stephen, you're, you're, you're dead. You need to move on to the next phase of your life. We love you. And we're, we're glad you visited us, but you need to move on to the other side. And I kid you not, everything stopped. Did you know him, you personally? I did not know him. The only person that knew him was Kirkland. Interesting. I want to know how the checkbook got in the medicine cabinet. That's what he said. He said that, well, I mean, Stephen would move shit shit around, just like move stuff. And how long did you guys live there before this night that you guys were singing the song? This was the first year that we lived there, but it was well into that. Like we moved there, we moved into that place in April of 1994, and we moved out like April of 1996. So it had to be like late 94, early 95. Oh my god, this is a good story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really kind of this. Like that's what I mean. Like I, 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 I was not a believer, but that whole thing and the fact that it affected all four of us yeah really i mean it could have been i guess it could maybe it was another spirit that was just being mischievous and acting like they were steven because we were talking about i don't know that's possible too but just the specificity of the things that kirkland said he would do when he was alive and the things that happened to us during this incident you know i don't i don't know how because we never talked about it until afterward you know Oh, he was like, you know, still being a roommate and like hanging out with his peers. That's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were it was a we had a very like that apartment was very full of um, like we just moved to Chicago because we were all going to try and uh, get in the second city and all stuff. So we were it was filled with a lot of um, excitement and a lot of uh, uh, joy, creativity, hope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I think that in, in this happening while we were all having this good time singing and, and all that stuff, I think it kind of just maybe brought him in. Maybe he was needing that. I don't know. But yeah, it was it was these were things that I could like I just could not explain. Wow. You know, I, ca- I can't explain them away. And that's why I, I believe in ghosts. Now, I don't know that I. I don't know that I believe the ghosts are 
everywhere all the time. But I do think that there are spirits. That, and I almost have gone back to that incident when I was that I told you about when I was seven. I've almost gone back to that and thought, hmm, maybe a guardian spirit, you know, maybe a maybe there are people around me that have passed that are keeping me from, you know, from harm. Oh, I totally believe that. Yeah. But also so, it's interesting, like, you know, the traditional belief of ghosts is someone dies in an area and then they're stuck around in that area. But then when you hear stories like this, it's like yeah. they could, I don't know, they could get conjured up and then just kind of hang out until you tell them to leave. <laughs> or be attached to a person, you know, maybe he was very attached to Kirkland. Yeah. I wonder if you he know? ever played that song ever again. I bet I don't know. We never played it again in our house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it was it was very interesting. It was like this happened. This occurred like over a few months, like all these things. Damn. And it took us a while to be like, oh, wait a minute. Is anybody else having these, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because when you're happening to you, you're kind of like, no, oh, come on. But then when everybody else was verifying it. But when you say that you saw something in the kitchen, do you, was it? It was just out of the corner of your eye, right? Like you didn't see actual details of a person. No, it was like because it was dark in the kitchen. It was dark in that area. Yeah. But the the thing I saw was even darker than that. It was just like movement. Like, but I could tell it was a person. It had a humanoid form. Huh. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, there wasn't. There weren't any details. Whoa. Well, yeah. Martin, thank you so much for telling the story. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to tell. I love telling the story. It's it's my favorite. It's a it's good one. Of my one. Favorites. <laughs> I've been ghosted too. Kelly in New York City. How are you? Hello. Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm happy to oh be God. here. I'm doing so great. I am really excited to hear about this. Quite the tale you sent me. And um, yeah, let's hear about it. Yeah, um, I'm going to try to be as concise and clear as I can. Um, but it's a story that has some twists and turns. Um, yeah, so just for clarity and the sake of storytelling, it does have sort of two parts to the story. One which takes place in 2009 and then... Um, a series of events in 2019, which just sort of changed everything I understood about what I'd seen in 2009. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I was on a natural and cultural ecology field study program based in Australia, which was an incredible study abroad experience. Um, and we, you know, so as part of this, we would go on camping trips and just explore all the amazing different environments that Australia has to offer. And a, a handful of very generous Aboriginal elders um, accompanied us on a camping trip in which we, you know, we were really just trying to disconnect and to be present with the world and to learn a little bit from them about you know, their worldview and and way of seeing things. And so I think I was already sort of 
set up to be more in tune with things. We weren't allowed to take, you know, cameras or cell phones or even watches. Um, so it was just really about being present in the environment where we were. Um, but sort that of sounds our, amazing. I really it, it wish was, I could do that. <laughs> it was incredible. It was incredible. Um, yeah. And, you know, we had stopped on our way at a coastline and it's far enough in the past now that I can't remember um, exactly the names of everywhere we went, but we had stopped at a coast and, you know, I, it was irresponsible of me. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to like take anything like shells or corals from the, from the beach, but I couldn't, I, I, I was naughty little 20 year old and <laughs> I took um, a coral and I had it in my bag. I'd kind of forgotten about it. Um, but yeah, at night we would just sort of, you know, sit around, we would have a fire and, um, they, you know, the elders would share with us, some of, you know, not the esoteric stories that are, that we weren't allowed to hear, but, you know, some of their dreamtime stories that, you know, they were allowed to share with us. And, you know, I think one of the main things, and I can't speak for their cosmology, but one of the main things that stood out to me in learning from them was just this real sense that the lines between man, nature and divinity are much more fluid than, you know, the cultural background that I come from. And so mm -hmm. I was very enchanted by all of that. Um, and so, yeah, they would tell us stories from the dream time and, you know, just about various how, why the, why the crow is black or, you know, why the, um, you know, just various stories to explain things about the ecology of the world. And so well, well, when they say like, don't take any shells or coral or whatever, was that for a reason like that? Or there was, there were a lot of stories, um, that they would share about, you know, there are certain spirits. And like I said, I can't speak for, for the worldview because I, I am, I'm naive and I'm not a part of it, but from what I gathered, it's, you know, there's certain rules about how you just relate to the natural world. Um, Amongst them being, you know, there were, I remember one story that stood out to me was about water, water holes where only women were allowed to swim that, you know, were sort of protected. And if, if a man or were to go into that watering hole, there might be some type of spirit entity that came and sort of protected the water. <laughs> um, there's, there's just, a, there are a lot of rules, but that have been developed over, you know, so many years of of the evolution of culture and nature together, which have worked to support healthy relationships between man and, and the environment. Um, so wow. I think among them, I don't know what maybe the, if there was a deeper ecological purpose, but um, yeah, there also, there are different like territories that would be aligned with, you know, different groups of people and you weren't necessarily supposed to take um, shells or corals from one area and relocate them to another. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sort of tripping over my words just because I don't want to act like an authority on things that I'm not. But from what I what I learned, these are the bits I gleaned. Right, um, right, right. No, I get it. But um, anyway, so I went to bed that night and I just had the most vivid dream I, I've ever had in my life um, with from it was just this water that was like swirling and and pulling in everybody that I was studying with and just this very dramatic dream and the water started taking the form of all of these different creatures and and you know it wouldn't be surprising to have a dream like that after being exposed to the these amazing stories and and myths so that in itself wasn't you know surprising but I woke up from this dream and 
there was this figure standing outside of my tent. And at first I thought that it was just one of the other kids that I studied with, you know, there were only a few, uh, you know, there were only, it was mostly um, girls on the trip. So I saw this man standing outside my tent and I was like, oh, is that like Steve? Is that, <laughs> you know, I was trying to, to figure out who it was. Um, and also just checking to make sure that I was awake, you know, pinching myself and saying, my name is Kelly. I'm in Australia. This is what I'm doing. Like I, I was awake and I saw this thing. And the more I looked at it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't scared at all. I was more just curious. And um, as I looked at it, I realized that it wasn't actually a solid form, but it, it almost had the appearance if, you know, a full moon were coming through the leaves and creating a really convincing form uh, that your mind might be playing a trick on you. So I thought, okay, well, maybe this is just the moon coming through some leaves. But then I continued to look at it and it was, well, one, there was no moon. There was no bright moon in the sky that night. It, you know, might've been a, a little sliver. Um, but also we were the area where we were camping, you know, there were some eucalyptus trees, but they were very sparse and there was no, there was no tree above my tent that might be casting these shadows. And so as I continued to look at it, I, I just noticed that also it wasn't, um, it wasn't shadow, but it was like emitting light, like the light was coming from it. And so I, yeah, spent some time laying there, just trying to get to the bottom of what this thing is I might be looking at and eventually just let myself fall back asleep. And in the morning, um, I asked some, I asked one of our elders and guides, you know, like this crazy thing happened to me last night. And they did ask me, you know, well, have you taken anything um, from any of the places that we've stopped? Like, have you, have you moved any, any piece of the, <laughs> of nature? Um, I forget exactly how I asked. Busted. Yeah, I was like, you know, I did take this coral. And he was like, oh, you know, like, of course, that explains the dream about the water. You know, when you do that sort of thing, this, you know, some representative of, of the, the territory, the people that I had taken that from came back to retrieve the coral. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, in some ways, I will say it like did slightly encourage me to want to do more irresponsible things because I was like, I want to see what else I can see. But no, right. definitely I was called out for sure. And um. Damn, it was like tapping its foot. Like, I believe you have something that belongs to us. I so. mean, that, that's what it sounds like. And, you know, it, it makes sense. It, the, it, it all made sense. Um, and he totally, it was like the first thing that they that he asked of me. But um, I will say, and, and to me, you know, what, what just, I had forgotten about this sort of for years. And then... Um, in 2000, 2019, my little brother passed wait, away. Wait, wait, wait. So but what happened to the coral? Did you... Oh, well, then we drove again. And when we got back to that area, I threw it out the bus window. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing that to me is crazy. And, you know, I might be, I might, you know, be reading into things and making connections where they don't exist. But I then, 10 years later in 2019, I'd totally forgotten about this. And my younger brother passes away tragically. And, um, you know, I'm at home with my parents and I'm mourning. And as many people have, you know, signs or, or symbols from, from loved ones who pass away, this um, incredible rainbow appeared in the sky, blah, blah, blah. So I took a picture of this rainbow. It was very significant to me. And when I posted it on my Instagram, a friend of mine who had been in Australia with me commented, oh, like the rainbow serpent, which was one of the um, 
things that we learned about from our elders over there. And when she said that, it just brought back this memory of that time. And I went into my little brother's room um, and he didn't have many things on the wall of his room, but he still had a note that I had written him during that trip I had taken to Australia. And with it, he had a boomerang that I had painted of the rainbow serpent. And I was like, wow, like 10 years later, he had this on the wall. And when I read that note and looked at the date, he had written that note to me um, 10 years to the day before the day that he, I, I had written that note to him, I'm sorry, 10 years to the day before the day that he passed away. And I'm like, well, this is, it's sort of like an, an I was just feeling this sense of uh, coincidence and then thinking about that spirit that I had seen. And so I went back to my journal. We kept meticulous journals on our trip, like field journals. And when I went back to look for the entry, the night that I, I wrote in my journal about seeing the spirit, that I had seen that spirit to the day, 10 years before of when my brother passed. And so the more that I like looked into this journal and the connections to the experiences that I was having then, like I turned so that I, you know, I was just doing this, this research work and going through it and, um, you know, really digging into my brain about like, is this real? Is, am I just creating connections that aren't there? And, you know, for the most part, this journal was very, we were also taking notes on ecology. So we were doing a lot of, um, you know, more scientific note-taking about various plants and animals and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and so I, this, by now it was probably like, let's say my brother passed away on the 8th of March. So I had written about seeing the spirit March 8th, 2009. I turned then, by the time I was reading all this, it was probably March 15th. So I decided to turn to March 15th in my journal. And it was so strange because every other day in that journal, it was like, you know, yeah, an entry about the spirit, but also this meticulous note-taking. And on that page, I had just, for some reason, I don't remember doing, colored the entire thing in like pastel uh, rainbow and written everything as real. And this was like, right as I was, digging into this thing and feeling like, is any of this real? And somehow on the day I was looking at it 10, 10 years before I had just written this little note to myself. And so, I mean, while the initial explanation of somebody coming back to retrieve a coral uh, makes sense somehow also to me, I had this whole new strange vision of like, is there somehow like, is it possible that that was him somehow coming to see me? And then that this, this note that I had left on his, on his wall or that he had left on the wall that I had written him for all those years was also some way of him like communicating or winking at me that that was, that that was him. I really don't know. But in, at the time it all just, it felt beyond coincidence. It all just felt beyond coincidence. And, you know, I don't know how time works and I, I don't know if that would be possible, but, um, yeah. And I never would have thought when I first saw that thing standing outside that that was, you know, my little brother, but to think back on it, could that have been, you know, him when he was 24 instead of 14? Like maybe it's hard for me to say now. Cause I, I can't, I can't look at it again, but yeah. So it take, it sort of gave me a, a sense of peace and that grief too. And I, I did sort of allow myself to believe that, that that might've been him. Wow. Yeah. That is like so my mind is like so blown by <laughs> I know by it's a that. lot. It's like complex. And I think if 
if you weren't there with me as I got like go through this journal, it all seems very like disconnected, but it really was just the, this, this note on his bedroom wall felt like his final, my final connection to him. Mm -hmm. And then as I just unraveled the timing, it just all seemed so crazy that it was like 10 years to the day. Um, and and yeah, nothing like that has ever happened again. I couldn't explain it, but yeah. And then just, it also felt like, it just felt like notes to myself in the past and the future that then I'm, I'm like, okay, this, this all feels convincing to me, but is it real? And then I flip to that day and it's just this, this deliberate message that says everything is real. And I'm like, what? <laughs> God, um, yeah. that is so wild. I mean, I absolutely uh, believe that that could be an explanation for that. I mean, I've heard so many stories that are <sighs> really bring into question the idea of time and space and mm -hmm. how it can all get twisted around or be signs from the future or yeah. I, I don't know. I had it's never a beautiful quite... story either way. It's like, oh. that's like such a gorgeous story. Well, yeah, I had never thought of things that way, but, um, I, yeah, and I don't know if it's if it's comfort, comforting or disturbing, um, like to think about messages from from the future. Uh, but um, in some ways, it is comforting to know that, like, if that were him, that you know his spirit lives on, and that there is something something waiting for us on the other side, whatever it might be. I mean, I remember there was a story early on in Ghosted that was told to me by um, this comedian actress, Jilly, and she was saying that she, like, had an experience where she saw a little toddler and then, like, later her um, sister had a little boy and it, like looked it, she realized that that was him a couple years ago that like the ghost that she had seen of this little toddler was like actually him from the future like going back in the past yeah. like it stuff yeah. like that you so hear it happens. That. it happens yeah so oh i think that's God. what it was but um you know both of them are are nice things to believe so yeah give it to the mystery of the universe what it really was <laughs> yes yeah Yep. Well, Kelly, I so appreciate you telling me this story. I I loved it. Thank oh, you well, so thank much. You. I hope it, I hope I didn't ramble on too much. It's it's a lot of twists and turns, but no. Oh my god, it's perfect. <laughs> thank you so much to Catherine, Martin, and Kelly. Hey, that could be you. Email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com with the subject line listener episode and some bullet points of what your ghost stories are about. Or an alien story or a Bigfoot or a near-death experience or any of that kind of shit. I want to talk to you about it. Hey, are you subscribed to the show? Please subscribe, follow it, rate it five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave me a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a, you can leave a ghost story for me to read on the show in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. My Patreon link is in the description of this episode. Okay, I will talk to you next week. I hope you're enjoying your Halloween season. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye!
Star Brands Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.